So, Carl, I see that, you know, on this lovely day today, you've got something new on your desk or not on your desk. Yeah, I've got one of those, like, fancy mic arms that I can move around, which I'm terrified to touch because I am so baffled at all the comments we've gotten from people who are like, every time you touch your... So much as, like, gently touch a fingertip to the desk. It sounds like, you know... Just the rhino is having a fight with Spider-Man downstairs. Just Mount Vesuvius going on. Just something's happening. So I got one of those shock mounts. It's mounted to a completely separate thing to my desk. I set it all up this morning. The only thing is, though, if I had my screen up, instead of my laptop, you just have... It looks like there's this... Like a boom mic. It looks like a mistake. Like a boom mic's coming into frame. I also bought a boom mic as well in case we need one of those. I basically got all the different mics (laughs) set up so we can figure the one out where people don't get mad when I put my coffee cup down. And, you know, speaking of mistakes, I made the mistake of, like, just wearing a headband to keep my hair up because it's warm today. And now I've just got these, like, vague lines just going across my forehead. Just, like, yeah. for all those visual watches, just, like, that's that's what this mess is across my forehead right now. Your forehead's doing a great impression of a Pokeball there, mate. <laughs> it's like, God damn, I just took it off and turned the camera on, sat down, and was like, oh. It's like when you wear sunglasses all day, isn't it? Like, you must yeah. notice you wear glasses, like you take your glasses off and like the bridge of your nose. Mm-hmm. It just looks awful. It's like, oh, God damn it. But luckily, I never have to take the glasses off. See, it's just like, the, I just swap the sunglasses straight into the glasses. That's the one, yeah. Have you ever thought about getting like the, the, the fold-down ones so you can just look like you're a general? <sighs> When I was young, not young, young, but like younger, maybe like, you know, late teens-ish, mm-hmm. my mum bought me like a new pair and it was like um, my glasses, but then you had like a little magnet attachment that you just like similarly, you don't flip up and down, mm-hmm. you just like place on top of your glasses so you got an awkward set of like second lenses just vaguely sitting in front of your first lenses. No, what you do is just get one of those and you get it coloured bright green so you can say it's a like <laughs> Just scanning people's power level. Oh, but Carl, how about you let us know what topic you're bringing to the table this week? Well, this week we're going to talk about one of my favourite subjects, which is the procedural television programme. And uh, it's one of my favourite procedural television programmes and it's not one based on the police. It's based on medical drama oh okay it's a medical drama that is um, uh, very heavily influenced quite obviously so from sherlock holmes so can you guess what that would be i would presume we're talking about house then yes we will be but um yeah we're getting right into that now then are you gonna tease us with what yours is i'm not gonna tease us what mine is i'm just gonna say you know welcome to the wiki weekends podcast of course both carl and i will be going through like a wiki entry each mm-hmm. and you will let us know in the comments or apparently in like spotify feedback emails i'm not sure how it works which wiki won this week yeah we're, we're keeping our eye out for you know the passenger pigeons and stuff that we're expected as well yes of course <laughs> in an unrelated video mm-hmm. but yes uh if, if you would like to contact us either <laughs> either <laughs> You're just thinking of a pigeon flying through your window no. with like feedback. I was gonna say either contact us at wikiweekends at gmail dot com. I apologize. Or you can contact us through carrier pigeon with USB sticks, of course. <laughs> but Carl, I just saw it again. What's that? I just saw the updated wiggler. <laughs> well, you know, because I've got a new microphone. I thought, when I ordered the microphone, they said like fourteen pop filters. So now Wiggler's got an ass on. 
This Wiglet's got an afro on. He's like, <laughs> I just noticed mid sentence and just couldn't hold it in. The thing is, though, every one of these recording sessions, I'm just going to have to move the wiglet somewhere else. So, just apologies for audio listeners, but, you know, if you'd like to see what Carl's done to his wiglet, the little wiglet hat then, uh, you can watch it over on our YouTube channel, Wiki Weekends, of course, if you're mm. listening on podcast services. But, Carl, let's get straight into Holmes MD. Yes, so um, uh, we are specifically referring to the house.fandom wiki because, of course, that's a thing that exists. Of course. And we are specifically covering the wiki entry on Gregory House himself. And uh, before we get into it, Lucas, what's your familiarity with um, House MD? Um, Better known just as House. Yeah, so I'm aware that it's, um, as you said, a medical procedural starring uh, the one Hugh Laurie. Mm -hmm. And... um, it took me an embarrassing amount of time to put together the House MD and the Sherlock Holmes thing. Yeah. And he even like does like all of the Sherlock Holmes like tropes are like secretly hidden in there and stuff. But yeah. I haven't watched too many episodes. It's more been like, oh, when I've gone round to a friend's house or whatever and they're watching some, ho- uh, some house. So I was about to say some homes. Some homes, yeah. When they're watching some homes, um, I've just, you know, enjoyed the ride and think it's... A very entertaining TV show. I've just never got around to watching it. Yeah, I, it's like as I adore like procedural TV shows, specifically procedural TV shows with a gimmick. Mm-hmm. And uh, the gimmick of House MD is that Doctor House is always right. It's one of those shows where just the guy is always right, except for when he's not. Because there's something I've talked about a lot in the past, and it is the idea that streaming and specifically the ability to just watch TV shows like you know an entire season in a day, the binge watch. Mm-hmm. Um, ruins a lot of procedural TV shows because the gimmick gets real old real fast or is completely um, uh, ruined by the fact you can watch multiple episodes in a row. And the example I always use is The X-Files, where you watch an episode of The mm-hmm. X-Files back in the day when it was in syndication. You watch one episode, maybe a double feature, then you got to wait a week. Then you, can, then you watch another one. And by that point, you know, you've watched some other shows, you've talked right, you know, to people. The mm-hmm. idea of what happened in the show is kind of like, you know, muddled in your mind. When you can binge watch 10 episodes in a row, Mulder sees, uh, like, you know, aliens every week. Like Scully, who's supposed to be the skeptic. Like, she's seeing vampires, she's seeing Wendigo, <laughs> she's seeing, like, werewolves, aliens. She gets abducted by aliens in one episode. But then mm-hmm. the ne- very next episode, she's like, well, you know what? I don't know what I saw. And it's like, well, we do. So I just saw it. Yeah, and it's one of those as well where just continuity errors. Like it's hard enough to keep continuity errors going, like episodes wise. But mm-hmm. just when when you have to pay attention to that shit, like across the entire season or multiple seasons, and people are seeing it back to back to back, it's like mm-hmm. um one thing that I had pointed out to me is that oh well, in Friends they make the same joke that like. Um, Joey and Chandler learn how to do like the give someone money through a handshake. Oh yeah, yeah. And then like seasons later, they like relearn it, and they like they they've you know the writers have not realized that that joke's already been done in the past, and it's like oh yeah, it's, it's a really common. Three trait. years later, nobody was going to notice watching that week to week. Yeah, like, in regards to House, there's a great interview with Hugh Laurie where he gets asked of like. I think he did walk with an actual limp for a couple of years after filming House. Obviously, faking a limp for that long walk through the cane <laughs> resulted in him actually injuring the leg that he used. 
And mm-hmm. he was asked, like, did you ever switch the leg up to see if anyone noticed? Well, oh, yeah, all the time. So if, like, one thing I've been looking out for is every now and again, how switches which leg he limps on. <laughs> because Hugh Laurie was just, like, you know, having fun that day. And that's not something mm-hmm. you'd notice if you're just watching one episode every now and again. And when, is it that House actually has a limp, or is that yes. just a weird... Okay, yeah. Yeah, he has, like, a piece of his leg is missing. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether that was just, like... Oh, that's House just being silly and like making himself seem more vulnerable or something. Well, let's find out more about House, shall we? So, Dr. Gregory House, almost universally referred to as House, and very rarely Greg, is the main character and protagonist of the House series. He is portrayed by English actor Hugh Laurie. He's a board-certified diagnostician with a double specialty in infectious diseases and nephrology. And uh, the joke that I think we did a video on Fact Fiend about is that Hugh Laurie... um, like puts on probably one of the most convincing American accents like many people have seen to the point where the director of the first couple of seasons, like one of the like lead craze of a show, Brian Singer, when he got the audition tape, didn't know Hugh Laurie was English. Mm. And uh, apparently they got a bunch of audition tapes from English actors. So, oh, it's a, you know, a, an adaptation of Sherlock Holmes. So mm-hmm. English actors are obviously trying to go in for it. He's like, they can't do the American accent right. And then he got the Hugh Laurie audition tape, which he likened to a Bin Laden, um, uh, like, you know, post 9-11 mocking tape. Like, see, um, Hugh Laurie filmed it in his bathroom on a camcorder. Oh, right. Okay. And he, pretend- he used like an umbrella as a fake cane. And like, apparently Brian Singer looked at the footage and went, see, that's what I want, an American guy. And then Hugh Laurie turned up and went, and he says, hello, I'm Hugh. And he's like, yeah. what the fuck is that? Like, no. The most British fucker, well, he, English he's fucker so there British. is. British. He's very, very English. And it's he like the, uh, the old, um, it's Laurie and Fry, is it? Fry and Laurie, yeah. Fry and Laurie, yeah. And it's just like the dual act of Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie being ultra English and Southern and like going to like Oxbridge universities. Very posh as well. And there was um, mm-hmm. a, a great joke. That like um, Stephen Fry apparently would mock, like threaten Hugh Laurie with saying, "I'm gonna keep." I'm, well, he'd come and visit him on set, and he say, "Well, I'm gonna." So, Sherlock Holmes has a brother in the books who's smarter than he is, <laughs> and it's like, okay, when are you gonna introduce like that character in house, and it should be played by me? And Hugh Laurie's like, "No, do not, do not hire my friend to be smarter than me on my show." <laughs> that would be the perfect casting, though. Yeah, that's what you're going to get someone to play your brother. And he's, he's, got, he's going to be um, uh, Stephen Fry. But we have here some basic biographical information about House. So name, Gregory House. Age, 44 in the pilot, but 45 at the start of the series. And then 63, um, if alive, as of 2022. So he'd be 64 as of 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born in like, 1959 on May 15th. And it says here like, there's lots of like little things next to it. Which means that maybe his birth... Again, one of those little continuity errors of we don't know when his birthday is. Mm, yeah. And he's related to John House and Blythe House and then unnamed grandparents, a brother, an unnamed younger cousin, uh, an aunt and an uncle. And where's the secret sister that's on like the weird secret government island, Carl? Oh, so did you, how much of Sherlock did you watch? Unfortunately, all of it. Same. Can you yeah. believe that like the British like BBC like procedural Sherlock is four seasons and eight episodes? Wait, is it? One of the seasons is one episode, I think. Isn't it 
would that not make it like ten episodes or something? With the first three being like three I, each or something. I I'm pretty sure there's not even a dozen episodes of that show, but it's had four seasons. Yeah, because a couple of them are like Christmas specials as well yeah. and stuff. And it's also very bad. It it it's one of those at, at the time it was very novel and therefore like seemed a lot better and more intelligent than it was. But then when you actually sit there and break it down, like scene by scene and trope by trope, you're like, oh, this is really not that good. Yeah, it's also like overproduced altar balls. And my favorite thing is, is that like Sherlock Holmes in that show has the mental version of just Jarvis that Tony Stark has, <laughs> where he physically moves numbers around in his head. And I believe that's what yeah. I was handled way better in um, House, where it's just House has his whiteboard. Just, just a whiteboard, and he writes symptoms on it, and he just stares at the whiteboard. I watched a video on it not long ago, and it was like, oh, think about, like, A, how Sherlock in Sherlock looks when he's doing that. Mm-hmm. He just goes perfectly silent. This happens, and it's, there's no, there's none of the editing and graphics that you see. It's yeah, just a man what that looks like. waving his arms around, and two minutes later, with, like, you know, seemingly no reason, he comes up with the answer, but also... The fact that the answer is usually hidden away from us. It's not usually hinted at. It's just there's no way if you rewatch it for the audience to actually notice details. It's just fuck it, Sherlock made it. Yeah, and that's one of like the the key tropes of like the procedural, like this type of like um, fictionalized drama is that there are hints there that you yourself could solve. Like, you know, I love police procedurals, like Monk, um, like Lie to Me, all those shows. Like, generally, the answer is right there for you mm-hmm. to get, so that you don't get it. So that's so. We, so that's, the reason they do that is so you get that reveal at the end of the episode where the main character, who's smarter than you, explains it, and you go, "Oh, yeah, I didn't notice that." Whereas Sherlock, um, uh, because I think the way I saw it summed up is um, Sherlock is a dumb person's idea of what a smart person's like, to which a dumb person sees a smart person as basically magic. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason, like, you know, you see it a lot with, like, Batman as well. Of, like, Batman's supposed to be the world's greatest detective, but they can never write a story where he actually gets to showcase that because any story that would showcase him being the world's greatest detective would be wildly unsatisfying as an audience because you couldn't possibly get it. But then the opposite happens of, like, it's the most obvious shit in the world. It wasn't it that ba- Batman Arkham Knight where they were planning to, like, not have the reveal of who the Arkham Knight was of being Jason Todd. But then, like, everyone online figured out in 12 seconds. Well, it was, they went, like, here's a brand new character that, like, knows all about Batman and is going to be on his level. And everyone, okay, Jason Todd. No, 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 it's not Red Hood. It's a brand new character. Who looks like Red Hood. And how they said, it's not Red Hood. And everyone's like, like, which Jason Todd isn't it? And it's like, no, no, it's a mystery (laughs) that Batman has to use all his wits and guile to solve. And the entire internet's like, it's Jason Todd, though. (laughs) And I think there was like an interview with the developers where they said, okay, we've moved that reveal right to the start of the game because it made Batman seem worse as a character. I think it was was kind of more midpoint, wasn't it? Yeah. He's like stumbling around like, who is it? I've got no (laughs) idea. And you was the honest, like, it's fucking Jason Todd. It's always Jason Todd. Like, screaming at the top of our lungs from the moment the first trailer came out for Arkham Knight. Like, we know it's Jason Todd. Yeah. You know, well, speaking of, we know who this is. Like, you know, we don't know when House was born. That's so early life. House was born in 1959. One possible birthday is June 11th, according to his hospital admission bracelet in No Reason, which is also actor Hugh Laurie's actual birth date. 
So that's like a nice, I like it when they do that in shows. Of, it's Hugh Laurie's actual birthday, so let's just make that the character's birthday because the two are synonymous with each other. Mm-hmm. However, another birthday is May 15th, which is according to his driver's license in the episode Two Stories and the information sheet he sticks to his bathroom wall in after hours in case of his death. To get even more confusing, he gets birthday wishes in the Socratic Method, which is broadcast in December. So he potentially right. has three different birthdays. And I can believe the character of House just celebrates his birthday three times a year. It, it, is it, I presume, close enough to the Sherlock Holmes character where he is kind of like this just weird kind of sociopath that doesn't really give a shit about stuff like birthdays? Yeah, and like what I was saying, one of the things that like, gets real old real fast when you're watching the episode is like his relationship with Dr. Watson in the show, Dr. Wilson. And he is such a dick to Wilson. And piecemealed out over, like, you know, one episode every couple of days, or, like, you know, once a week, it's fine because it's like, okay, like he always steals his lunch, for example. It's fair and it's a running gag that house always steals Wilson's lunch. But when you watch like five episodes in a row and Wilson's not had a full meal in five days because House just walks into his office, steals his lunch and doesn't even bother eating it. He just steals it to know that he can. Oh, for fuck's sake. Like he does little things like, oh, like he'll borrow, there's an episode where he keeps borrowing money off him. And Wilson's like, you earn more than me. Why do you keep borrowing money? He's like, I just wanted to see if, you could, if you'd lend me it. I wanted to see when you'd say now when you never did. Yeah. Like little things like that. And that that just reminds me of like again one of these things of like binging procedurals of like watching Parks and Rec, and I know you have the same feeling of like Jerry, you you watch it and it's like mostly meant to be about like you know working together and being like this heartfelt group and warm, positive, fuzzy vibes, but they just shit on Jerry so much or yeah. Gary or Larry or whatever they want to call him, and it's one of those things again where like you know. If that was happening once or twice an episode and you're watching one episode per week, it's fine. But when you're watching like 20, 30 episodes over the course of a weekend, like, you know, you wake up and watch, the, like, you know, a season of The Office with a hangover. You're like, why is Jim such a dick? <laughs> and like, it's like, oh, he's doing it like Dwight deserves. It's like, does he deserve 30 straight? Like, each, you think each season of the show is probably like, you know, a year in the life of the characters? Maybe, yeah. yeah. And you're thinking like, there's like, there's two pranks per episode. That means like, Every single like work week, Jim was doing something that pisses his like, co-worker off. It's like, yeah, no wonder he was an asshole to you. But that's like another one, you know, the, the problem with the procedural, which is a video <coughs> I will make one day. I want to call it the I'm... problem with the procedural. And it's going to be three and a half hours long and it'll get six million views. Right, the so thing is, I, I will say it's not necessarily a problem with the procedural. It's just not being viewed as intended. Yeah, and that's you know, going to be the lead up. That's the, the idea I want to have is I want to have a massive long discussion about how like you know the idea of the procedural doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. and how like modern TV is still kind of struggling to deal with that because you have show like Disney trying to like piecemeal out shows like you know we want to make six episodes, but we're going to release them weekly, but then we always want you to watch the next season, so like you know. That format doesn't work because it never has a satisfying conclusion because it's always leading into a second season, which almost never gets made because of the Netflix problem. Sometimes yeah. The idea of the old procedural not getting made because it's just too, too expensive now because actor salaries are so high. And that's the thing, isn't it? Like, Disney especially, a lot of these shows are now being made to be one giant film that's just kind of piecemealed out into episodes. And it's like, then you don't have each episode having, like, an actual, like, 
three arc structure or anything. It's not. I just say it's not satisfying to watch. No, so the 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 procedural doesn't exist anymore except for the ones that just refuse to die, like you know NCIS or I think CSI still getting made law and all like those shows like that. But you don't get new ones anymore. You don't get new shows like that because Monster of the Week episodes are you know a, a self-contained episode. They doesn't really need to exist because the idea of putting it in syndication is no longer a thing. People don't know the mm-hmm. idea of like syndication. Most shows want you to get at least like sixty episodes because I think that's the the limit, the minimum amount you can have to go into syndication, so you could sell it to other networks. And because if that was enough to show one episode per week for an entire season, you know, of right. their like um, programming. Mm-hmm. But now it's like, why would I do that? Like, the, the, you've got studios deleting TV shows after they're made, so they don't have to pay residuals and royalties to people. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very fascinating thing to me, but, you know, that's not what we're talking about today. So, as his father served on active duty throughout most of his childhood, House has lived in a variety of countries, such as Egypt, the Philippines, and Japan. As a result, he is able to speak Spanish and Mandarin Chinese, has conversational Brazilian Portuguese, is able to read at least some Hindi. Furthermore, he was once shown reading a French medical journal and an untranslated Japanese manga. So he's a weeb. He additionally has some knowledge of several other languages, including Yiddish, Russian, and Latin. Um, exactly how much of these languages he knows is not clear. It's quite nice for a Sherlock character to not just know every language ever. Yeah, and that's one of the things. It's like um, uh, like Hauser's skill. He's obviously very, very good at job. He has like, you know, a phenomenal memory, but his real skill is observation. That's always like when you're making like, you know, a Sherlock Holmes adaptation or just a straight up, like, you know, recreation of it like that's sherlock's most endearing trait it's the thing that makes him like you know such a, a force to be reckoned with on an intellectual level it's like his mm-hmm. ability to just incisively and decisively just read someone from like you know a few seconds of um, uh, glancing up and down yeah it's the most interesting part of the guy Ritchie movies yeah i love the way that like sherlock's mind works in that mm-hmm. like, you know the, that thing where he's fighting and he's like, okay, yeah. he's in a fist fight, and he can just, in a split second, he looks like, you know, okay, you're going to throw a punch in this angle, I'll do this, 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 and that. And if anyone's thinking that's really dumb, that's actually more true to the Sherlock Holmes novels than anything you've seen in, like, the Sherlock TV show. Oh, right. Because in the original, like, short stories and novels, Sherlock Holmes is, like, a proficient, like, stick fighter and boxer. Mm-hmm. He's also a heroin addict as well, so... <laughs> Oh, and here we go. So this is like House's backstory. You know, speaking of weeb as fuck. It was during a visit to a Japanese hospital in his early teens where House met a disheveled looking man, appearing to be a janitor, but despite his appearance, was actually the greatest medical practitioner in the entire hospital. He later discovered that the man was a Baraku, an untouchable in the Japanese caste system who made no attempt to fit in with the rest of the hospital staff. So they were people who like, historically descended from um, jobs that were seen as unclean, grave diggers, um like butchers, like um, abattoir workers and that sort of thing. So mm. it was generally seems like, you know, do not interact with these people. But he was like, you know, still a very good doctor. So people still sought his opinion, um, contrary to, like, you know, his brusque um, personality and appearance, which you can see in-house. And he says that this was his primary motivation and his choice to become a doctor, noting that when all else failed, the doctors heeded the Baraku's advice, despite their intense distaste for him. All that mattered was that he got results. I mean, yeah, that's pretty good motivation. Is like, look, they they were able to see past all this man's follies because 
at the end of the day, he still had something that was more useful to them than like what their prejudice is scared about. Yeah, and like you know, that's just like house in a nutshell, isn't it? Just he's got he's. And I think that's the thing that there's a great. I think it's like the first season where they introduce a villain who immediately gets written out, and I think the reason they wrote out the villain is because they asked the show and were like, well. There's no point. We, we we toyed with the idea of having a villain in like this hospital administrator who like is threatening to like you know cut House's funding, and but we realise uh-huh. one, it, we don't need a villain for the show because you know the premise is interesting on its own. The acting mm-hmm. is strong enough to carry the show. Also, two, the show's called House. You know he's not going to get fired. <laughs> like you know, House isn't getting fired from a show called House. <laughs> so you just I like mean, you know, so you yeah. there's no tension in the scenes whatsoever. That was so, a really funny way of putting it. It was like, yeah, he's, called, he's the guy called House isn't getting fired from the show House. Yeah, it's always interesting to know like how shows would do that kind of thing. I was like, what? What is the villain like? All I had in my head was like the image of like this man in just like you know the a trench coat and hat. Like sneaking around the hospital, just like injecting people That's with diseases. Did, yeah, like, the op, like you know, the the Moriarty. To like you know houses like you know sorry, but I think like yeah the the Mori- like the Moriarty equivalent you'd have in the house show would just be a guy who injects people with diseases. <laughs> like, 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 you'd be, like, you're like sitting in a trench coat and like you know a big like fedora, <laughs> just throwing needles full of disease at people, <laughs> like creating new and interesting diseases that house can't solve. Yeah, you'd just be like poisoning the water systems and shit like this, just overwhelming the hospital. That's the one. But speaking of which, um. Uh, House was well known for his experiments um, and was willing to take risk and experiment with his patients, which extends to his own health. Beyond his use of Vicodin, he has frequently used himself as a guinea pig for drugs and medical tests. Some of these tests are aimed at curing his leg pain, while others to, uh, to help his patients or satisfy his own curiosity. And that's one of those things that, again, gets real fucking old real fast off. Because 40-minute mm. episode, first 10 minutes establishing the case. Yeah, a couple of minutes of like you know banter with house, like you know you have like you know him walking into the office. You have Hugh Laurie does something funny because apparently what they do is just okay, we dress the sets differently every time and let Hugh Laurie just ad lib because house like you know as he likes to pace around and play with the thing and the thing. So we put like toys and books and stuff around for him to dick around with. You get a bit of that, mm-hmm. and then you know house will suggest a treatment, but you know the first treatment he suggests is not going to be the right one because it's a forty minute long episode. So you know that the first couple of treatments he suggests are going to, one, be wrong, and two, probably nearly kill the patient. And the problem mm-hmm. is, is that that's fine when you're watching one episode. When you watch 10 episodes in a row, where like, you know, they always talk about how, an, what an amazing diagnostician Dr. House is. 75% of his treatments <laughs> for the first like week his patients are in hospital are all wrong. Like, he is wrong almost 90% of the time, except for when he gets like the, the epiphany at the end of every episode where he realizes what's actually gone on. Right, yeah. And that's the problem. Like, that's fine in like, you know, a one-off standalone episode when you watch like, you know, five, six, seven, a season in a row. And House is always wrong and always on the verge of fucking killing someone. And it's only by like, you know, the grace of God and the skin of his teeth that he gets through it. As an example of like, the kind of dangerous behavior that House engages in, like, you know, while ostensibly, you know, carrying out his duty as a doctor. Um, he has injected himself with nitroglycerins, caused migraine, uh, 
He's injected himself with nitroglycerins, cause migraine headaches, and also prove a rival's migraine cure was flawed, though Wilson interpreted his house's way to forget about like his ex. Um, he was tempted to graft the pain-free spinal nerves of a teenage SEPA patient onto his leg, but decided against it as there was no medical jurisdiction or justification to biopsy the nerve tissue needed. So that's why there's like a girl who has that, the very rare condition to not feel pain. And mm-hmm. he's like real obsessed with her because she can't feel pain. He's like got like no constant chronic pain. And he's like starting to, and he's on the verge of like recommending like the most balls to the walls, like procedures to try and fix it justifying well she can't feel pain anyway so it doesn't matter if we do any like crazy it doesn't matter if we cut her open like a fucking egg she can't feel it until someone points out like you're trying to experiment on her you can't do this she's like yeah she's like 15 years old and her mom's and like been in a car crash you can't do this to her also not just like thinking about the patients isn't it like isn't there some kind of level of illegality to like doctors doing research on themselves and like giving themselves medicine and shit. Well, yeah, and that's the thing of like, and that's why again, if you're watching, you've been watching episodes. The problem with the procedural is, is that all these things add up. Like you know, another episode, he fakes brain cancer to enter a clinical trial where a drug dispensing chip will be installed into the pleasure center of his brain. So he fakes having brain cancer. And I, I presume again, that's tied into kind of the drug addict side of the Sherlock Holmes character yeah. is. Him Which is breaking fine, the rules and shit. To it makes him an interesting character, but when you have something like that happen, and then later in the episode, like you know, like, you know two episodes later, they're talking about, well, you know, he, he's really good at his job. He'd never endanger a patient. It's like we fucking did. Like, he stuck a, uh, a knife into electrical socket. See what would happen if he was temporarily dead, injecting himself with hell. the same blood as a patient uh, to see if the uh, blood transfusion causes symptoms. So potentially tainted blood, undergoing hypnosis and overdosing on Alzheimer's medication uh, to unlock memories lost after a bus crash, uh, the latter of which put him into cardiac arrest, deep brain stimulation with an electrical prod to complete the missing memories. The electrical current caused a seizure, which combined with, with House's skull fracture to create a bleed in the brain, sent him into a coma. He experiments with methadone in the episode of The Softer Side and becomes a nicer person. Cuddy and Wilson go to the efforts of confronting him on why he's acting nice, but find him in his office not breathing. Not breathing. Not breathing. <laughs> oh, I was like, does he usually breed in his office, Carl? Putting himself into insulin shock in an attempt to get rid of his hallucinations, abusing an experimental drug compound for rats meant to regrow muscle. It was dangerous and was never tested on humans. He later found out that the rats grew tumours and started to die. He attempts to remove the benign tumours from his leg surgically by himself as he didn't trust another surgeon to do it, believing they would attempt to amputate his leg. After he fails to remove the tumours himself as the, anaesthet- the anaesthetics wear off, um, he, takes, he is taken to the hospital where the tumours are removed by a surgeon. I'm surprised at that point he didn't like find out he's got tumours and just cut his own fucking self open and just... They find him in the bath, like um, with a scalpel, cutting himself apart. Oh uh, yeah, okay, that sounds more like it. Yeah, and the thing is, well, they have this thing where he's like addicted to Vicodin, and he continually says, "I'm not addicted to Vicodin." And it's like it's fair enough that he needs it, but they have very clear evidence in the show, by which I mean, House himself says, "I have an addiction," mm. where they, and they'll just keep giving him the drug. Like they, like he's, like you know, the direct superior knows he's addicted, and he just blackmails her into giving him drugs, and then goes and treats patients. And she reasons it by saying he's really good at his job when he's on the Vicodin. 
But then you've got to balance that with she's continually telling House of like, stop doing shit like this. You're going to get us sued. It's a liability nightmare. It's like, do you know what the biggest liability nightmare is? The drug addicted doctor cutting people apart. While he's high. While high, yeah. Because I mean, he's high in every scene he's in. And drunk in a lot of them as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's worth like having a very good doctor at your hospital if like it, <laughs> all you're worried about is just yeah the oh the liability well, again, in that yeah. It's one of those things like you know when it's like you know once or twice a season it's fine, but like you said, we watch a bunch of episodes in a row. Like there's like an entire like mini arc in one <laughs> season where they're trying to get House off of the Vicodin, and mm-hmm. the shit he is doing to get the Vicodin is like bordering on ridiculous like he is like blackmailing people he's going into like clinics like a fucking crack addict who needs his fix like he might you know he breaks his own hand to get um uh, like you know pain relief and it's like yeah that, that is a man that would have his medical license <laughs> revoked yeah. very quickly and then at the end of the episode like you know just could he gives it to him because she's like you know what he's not worth arguing with him because he's just going to get his own way Oh, he's going to get it anyway. Yeah. And then, like, one episode, like, you know, um, uh, he is a dick to a police officer. Like, he deliberately, like, gives a police officer the wrong procedure just to be a dick to him. And then the police officer's like, you know what? Fuck this guy. You know, he, he tried, like, you know, how, I wonder how he'll like someone abusing their authority over him. So what he mm-hmm. does, he, like, you know, he goes to his house. He goes, oh, you've got, like, 400 bottles of pills in your house. That's intent to supply. And he's like, no, it's not. That I need them for my leg. And he goes, why are they all signed by your friend, James Wilson? And James like, that's not, my, that's not my signature. Turns out he's been nicking like another doctor's prescription pad to write himself stuff. Of course, yeah. But, but the show frames like, you know, this, this mini arc as like House being in the right. Of like, you know, he's, he's in the right. Like, you know, this police officer's trying to like, you know, fuck him over for no reason it's like well no because he house is a liability to the hospital and a nightmare <laughs> to deal with and he constantly abuses his own power and authority of people and he's addicted to drugs yeah it's like even if he didn't have an intent to supply drugs stealing a doctor's prescription pad and faking their prescriptions is still highly illegal potentially like you know fucking over your entire like the the career and he does it as well to all of his subordinates as well Mm-hmm. So basically, he traps them all in his web of lies. So if they get he gets caught, they all go down with him. And it's just like it's things like that. It's like man, yeah. Again, it's like you know, it's, it makes for compelling watching the first time. But when you're watching it in a big old um, uh, binge watching session with a hangover, you're like, man, just just once, I want to see someone get. I want to see House get his come up, but then he never can because it's called House. Mm-hmm. There, I feel like. Would you like to end on though? Just to... <laughs> I was going to say, do I end on trivia? But there's just a section titled Greg. So let's, do you, would you like to cover the section that's simply titled Greg? Is this like an acronym for something? It says House prefers to be addressed as House by everyone and is rarely, if ever, addressed as Greg. The only people he doesn't object to addressing him as Greg are Stacey Warner and his parents. He usually takes being addressed as Greg <laughs> as a sign that the individual is being overly familiar and he goes out of his way to hint that it's... M- he often goes out of his way to hint that it takes more than calling him by his first name to strike up a friendship with him. For example, Dr. Marty Hamilton tries to get on House's good side by addressing him as Greg in DNR, only to have House pause and carefully emphasize Marty in return. Wilson has also referred to House as Greg. 
One example is in the episode Joy to the World, where a gift he gave House has a note that read, Greg, this made me think of you. And one of the things that I like about Wilson is that he gets to a point where where he just starts fucking with House in return because he knows he's not going to do anything. Because he just, like, there's a really, like, <laughs> cathartic moment where he just sits down and he goes, look, I know that I'm your only friend. Sure. Yeah. And he just, like, and the, and the House doesn't know what to do about it because he realizes it. Yeah, I, I know that I'm your only friend and you're not going to do anything to jeopardize that. So shut the fuck up and listen to what I say. And it's like really, down. really cathartic. It's like when he keeps pranking him. So what um, uh, Wilson does, he just cuts halfway through his cane. So he like falls down and eats shit in the middle of the hospital and Wilson's like, hmm, it looks like someone probably cut halfway through your cane. You should probably be more careful, House. And then he just walks off. <laughs> or like he'll leave him like midway through a conversation. He's like, what? Do you need to be somewhere? He's like, no, I just know it hurts you when you've got to try and ca- like keep up with me. It's like, you know, that sounds like a dickish thing to do, but think about all the horrible things yeah, we've just said House is doing. I like that I like that later in the show, like, you know, he, he starts to, like, you know, get more agency in that regard. But to end on, would you like to know about the trivia and Sherlock Holmes references? Yeah, sure. So House lives in the apartment 221B on Baker Street. That's the mo- probably the most likely where Sherlock Holmes' house is based. Uh, House's mm-hmm. friend is Dr. James Wilson. Holmes, Dr. J- John Watson. The, f- uh, the name Watson was changed to Wilson in the novel Arsène Lupin contre Sherlock Holmes, which I think is the f- that's Hound of the Baskervilles in French, I think. Um, house is a synonym of home, which is a homophone of Holmes, which I like. Is that, uh, that's why it made me feel like so stupid when I didn't realize it. Is that what did it for you? Yeah. When someone says, oh, you know, like, you know, House is based on Sherlock Holmes. Like, what? House, Holmes, House, Holmes, House, house home. home. Yeah. It's, like, it's right there. Like, both have drug issues. House with Vicodin, Holmes with co- uh, cocaine, morphine, tobacco, and heroin. House calls all of his associates by their last names, um, as is the case with Holmes. He can deduce and diagnose a great deal from looking at a person, as can Sherlock Holmes. Both can play musical instruments. House the electric guitar and piano, while Holmes will play the violin, often to relax and think. Um, the surname Adler is used for both the female patient in the pilot and the female patient House supposedly fell for, according to Wilson, in Joy to the World. Adler is also the surname of the woman, the female criminal who escaped, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes' famous axiom, when you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth, explains deductive reasoning. A differential diagnosis follows roughly the same logic. And then finally, House is shot in one episode by Jack Moriarty. Holmes's arch enemy is Professor. That's all I like how in house Professor Moriarty is just a guy with a gun. Like, how do you defeat the greatest detective? Just shoot him. It's like the Batman method, isn't it? Yeah. I do like that. It's just like, oh yeah, a list of all the Justice League's weaknesses, and then Batman's like, and then it comes to Batman. Remember, he's just a man. Who can dodge like, uh, laser beams that can hit the flash and shot. <laughs> and then with some trivia, um, House is the only character who appeared in every episode of the series. You know, it's named after him. Um, mm-hmm. Cuddy supposedly sets aside $50,000 each year explicitly for legal expenses caused by House. And that's like another thing as well. So like, if this show was set in America or a country with... Sorry, if this show was not set in America and a country say. with socialized medicine, like when House is like, you know, oh, just give this person like 15 MRIs. And you've got to remember in the back of your head, every one of them is like going to bankrupt someone. Mm, and it's yeah. like, that's like the other thing as well. They never bring that up. Like they never bring up the fact that he like 
he just he's continually ordering pointless tests to say his own curiosity when every single one of those tests is probably like you know another 25 years that this person's going to be stuck paying it back but think about it carl if it was set in england for example and they were having to deal with the nhs if you ordered a dozen mris that person's dead before they get those scans done <laughs> no what it is is you charge for the 11 um and then you send it to a company that you own because that's like how it works in Britain. It's like, you know, what you yeah. do is you own a company that, like, you know, does MRIs, and then you give Rishi Sunak um, uh, like, £400,000 towards his next election campaign, and then mysteriously you get the exclusive contract to supply MRIs to the entire NHS. That's weird, that. It's weird, isn't it? And, like, that's, like, a made-up <laughs> example, but that actually did happen during the pandemic where some guy who I think his background was, like, he did... Like logistics for weather spoons or something like a pub chain <laughs> got the entire contract for supplying PCP, not PCP, that's the drug, PPE, PPE during the pandemic. Like he got that bid and it turns out he just like donated a billions bunch of, money. of pounds and didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, because he donated a bunch of money to the Conservative Party. Anyway, um, House does not like pickles. Um, ironically, he has a hobby of collecting running shoes <laughs> for a guy who can't walk. And he says, this was an idea proposed by Hugh Laurie himself during costume development. He says that a man with a cane would need functional shoes. Which makes sense, yeah. I think it's Nike shocks that he wears. And in later seasons, he wears like Air Jordans and stuff. It's like, yeah, if you're going to be wandering around like on your feet all day, and it's uncomfortable to walk, you'd want comfy shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's often seen using portable gaming consoles, starting out with a Game Boy Advance SP early in Season 1 and a Nintendo DS in later seasons. And then for most of the show's run, he uses a PlayStation Portable and finally a Vita. And that's how you know he's a doctor, because he can afford those memory cards. <laughs> those Vita memory cards. And the thing as well, I think House like, name drops Arceus in one episode. Oh, really? Yeah, like he's, he plays Pokemon. Yeah. Like you'll see him just playing Pokemon in between like scenes and stuff and he like he'll name drop Pokemon and I was like, Do you just name drop Pokemon God? <laughs> he has drugged Wilson at least four separate occasions. So, like, that's, yeah. how, that's how you know you're Cut, a good man. Cutting a cane doesn't seem quite so bad now, does it? Yeah. Uh, he hates tea. Um well, yeah, I guess that's like there's a joke, so you know, Hugh Laurie being uh, like painful Real. British. Yeah. And he says that his diagnostic error metric um, is 0.17, which is better than the hospital average of 0.32. But it's worth noting that his error metric isn't zero. Yes. Which means he makes mistakes roughly one-fifth of the time. So it means like and out of 300 episodes, that means he's wrong in about 30 to 40 of them. Which, yeah, as you say, is not too bad. It's not too bad, but also, it. he's not infallible. But the show mm-hmm. portrays him as that, uh, as if he is, like, in later seasons. And I think... My favourite example of that, though, is like it's probably the one that's just the most hilarious because it's like just, and it's worth pointing out they did as well have like medical consultants on staff of like, yeah, well, this stuff's like pretty fantastical, but everything mm-hmm. that we do is grounded in actual medical science. Like these, the odds of stuff like this happening are exceedingly rare. But if they did happen the way we're portraying them in the show, this is probably how you treat it, and this is like you know mm. how the symptoms would present. And they have like an episode, it's a guy, he's in a wheelchair. Like he's like completely, I think, like quadriplegic. So he's like, you know, can't move like below the neck. Mm-hmm. And he like drives into a swimming pool, which is amazing. So you get a shot of a guy in a wheelchair driving into a swimming pool. And throughout the episode, they're all talking about, well, this guy, he clearly just wants to die, right? 
he's, he committed suicide. He doesn't want to be a burden on his family anymore. And House is like, maybe he was just hot. Maybe he was mm-hmm. just really, really hot. And he comes to the conclusion that he's got a disease and that he can cure him with like one injection. But they tell right. him, no, you can't do this. The man's suffering enough. Let him go home. And Cuddy, out of sheer, like, just, like, curiosity, injects the guy, and he stands up, like, ten seconds later. And you you also can't just do that. No, but, like, she tries it. She says, oh, it's like No, a- no, but, like, you know, we, we've not approved this method. Like, send him home. And then she's like, ah! Yeah. Just jumps. Well, that's the thing. Like, that's just the thing they do in the show. Like, you know, the best bit is, though, they never tell House. Like, we can't tell House that he was right about this. But later in the show, he comes back. And he's like, he's still recovering. So obviously he's had like, you know, almost total like muscular like atrophy for his body. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's in the clinic. And like, what are you here for? And he goes, Viagra. A lot of Viagra. <laughs> I've got a lot of time to make up for with my wife. And I like that they bring that guy back and give him that joke. And like, what, what's that guy's priority? Well, I've had 10 years and not banging my wife. I want as much Viagra as you can medically give me. Fair. It was like nothing more to say. That's House. Just a, a man who was quadriplegic gets cured by a single injection. He's like, now, now, now Joel needs an injection, my wife. She needs that hot beef injection. Let's go. Now I'm going to let that sit, Lucas. It's your turn now. Your turn to talk. I, I, I need to take a break, Carl. <laughs> I, I I did just need to go to the toilet, but now I just need a minute away from the beef injection. Okay, no problem. So, yeah, that was uh, the wiki um, entry on House, and we'll return momentarily to discuss Luke's wiki entry for this week. Carl, we are back, and I've noticed that you've got yourself a Corona. The thing is, it's alcohol-free, but it's the only cold drink I've got in my fridge. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. I was like, so I was like, I'll do I have like a Monday- can of Coke or something like that. It's like <laughs> the only cold drink I have is an alcohol-free beer, so I thought, well, it's fine. It was like, it's like we're recording like, you know, middle of the day on Monday and I was like, well, Carl's having an interesting start to the week. No, that's fine. It's alcohol free. It's just I wanted a cold drink, but also like, you know, she always just cool me down. It's like, ah, I'll listen yeah. to it. Listen to I the just had a, a second where I just was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go eat a couple of ice cubes. Just go <laughs> cool me down a bit. I was like, I don't know what to do. But let us know in the comments so what you, like what like goblin trait you've enacted to um, cope with the heat. And, like, you know, as always, we know that the UK is not the hottest place on Earth, but we're also allowed to feel warm. Yeah. All right, Americans are always so confused when things are not about me. It's just when you get, like, you know, comments, well, my country's currently, like, melted apart and on fire, and it's, I know, I know, but we're also allowed to be a bit warm and sweaty and not like it. No, you're not allowed to come, Lucas. You can't complain because someone might have it slightly worse than you. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of someone slash many people that might have it worse than me, Carl, what are you? What is this segue? <laughs> we're going to be talking about Yoshi. <laughs> so Yoshi just. The hardest done by, like, sidekick <laughs> character in gaming, I feel. Slash Yoshi as a spear- species are, but we're talking about, like, Yoshi as a main character slash, you know, sidekick or whatever yeah, in the, the thing Super Mario it, yeah. franchise. Because like, when you say Yoshi, you can either mean Yoshi, the character from Mario, 
or Yoshi, like the sentient slave race, Mario sacrifices for an extra jump in midair. Because, <laughs> like, presumably this Yoshi is the one that, like, you know, go- gets to go to the Olympic Games and compete. Whereas all the other Yoshis on Dinosaur Island are there, like just we've got we've got to make more. We've got to make more. Mario is coming. In my head, it's like Joe and Ash gets those thirty Tauros in Pokemon, <laughs> and it's like the one like main Tauros that seems to be the one in charge. I think like mm-hmm. the Yoshi who turns into Smash Bros and like Mario Kart is just like the boss Yoshi. Well, no, because surely the boss Yoshi is Boshi. Is there a Boshi? Your big Yoshi, yeah. No, no, there's there's, there's giant Yoshi and there's Boshi, both from um, Super Mario RPG. What about Wooly Yoshi? Boshi, there's there's Yarn Yoshi, there's Crafted Yoshi. Um, I was so I I went into you know um, CEX like one of our pre-owned you know gaming and Mm. video game you know videos and stuff related store. And saw one of those like big Yon Yoshi amiibos, like not the little one as well, like the big one. Oh, I'm so I, tempted. I look at that and I feel that just the weight, the density it, would be too much. It, it looks is dense. actually dense. Yeah. So it's like if people don't know, they had like little crocheted amiibo Yoshi's mm-hmm. from uh, Woolly World, which were adorable. But then, like you know, they were just a couple of inches, like a few inches tall. Um, and then you had like another one which was like five times the size, and it's just like the giant one. That's the true boss Yoshi. I think like all like merchandise should randomly have just a giant version. (laughs) Like was it like that five foot tall Mareep you can get? Everyone just lose the life size Mareep. Yeah. Oh god, Matt got to fly my eye. But yeah, I've got the five foot tall plush Mareep that costs like four (laughs) hundred dollars. Or that um, uh, six-foot-tall Game Boy they made that one time called the Game Man. Oh, my Man. God. The Game Man. Yeah. I I think that that is maybe end-game goals for your set, Carl, is that five-foot-tall Marine. We forgot that five-foot-tall Marine. We don't know where to put it. It's like I always want to get <laughs> that giant um, Snorlax, the other one that people get and they put in way of like, their doors and stuff so the dog's coming in. Mm-hmm. But I'd just be like, worried, like, what would I do? I mean, just get rid of your bed. You don't need a bed, Carl. To be fair, yeah. If you've got like 15 of those, like, um, uh, you, so what you do is you get like the big couple of Snorlaxes, a few Mareeps, and some big woolly yarn Yoshis. And then you get one of those mats that has like you know, the car on it, the car driving thing. You mm. sleep under that, and that's it. That's childhood bed right there. Because we always joke about like what happened if, you know, you bring somebody back home and. There's like a racing car bed or something. Imagine if there was no bed, just a giant six foot beanbag Snorlax. Well, as someone who's like kind of lived that life of like all throughout university, I had Power Rangers bedding as a joke. Mm. My dad, I, my dad asked me what for Christmas one year. I went, well, I'd like some new bedding. Can you get with like Power Rangers on it or something like that? And I did, and like you know, no girl, like they all stayed because I think by yeah. the time you get them home. Like, they know you're well adjusted enough, and like they knew I was doing it as a joke. Like they knew it was just mm-hmm. a funny thing that I did. It's like who gives a shit? You're asleep in your bed. What does it matter what, what your bed? As long as it's clean and well maintained and pressed, and like you know you got fresh. You haven't got that sad yellow pillow. Oh, the one sad yellow pillow the, the with that pillowcase pillow. on it. Too many men, unfortunately, live that way. Unironically, but it's 
all it is he just says is like you don't plan on sharing your bed with another person. But she's just mm-hmm. like, you know what? That's just like sad to think about. To have some confidence. And it's like, I know that it's not exclusive to men, but every time I've ever seen it happen, it's always been a man. No, because the thing is, it's not... Like, men have the one sad pillow. Women have too many pillows. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like... like not always. But not generally, always. that's the thing of like... I'd say the woman equivalent of like, it's the bed that you go into that's got too many pillows and plushes. <laughs> not like that it's a problem that they've got the plushes, the fact that they refuse to let you kick them off the bed. Oh, right, yeah. Because yeah. obviously I, I don't give a shit about my plushes or that. I go out, I backhand them off the bed. Ask, it's funny. Like, who cares? It's like a teddy bear. You'll suffocate them with a fucking bot, mic. Yeah, look at that. You've got my, my, my snoot and stuff. But yeah, it's like just, you walk in, it's like you try and like get under the quills. Like, don't knock the plushes on them off the floor. Okay, I guess I'll just like, oh, feel no. the cold, dead eyes of the 14 plushies you've got just like <laughs> peering into my ankles. Anyway. Yes. Tell me about the cold, dead eyes of this Yoshi, though. <laughs> the cold, dead eyes of Yoshi. Uh, so we've got a quote here from Yoshi from Super Mario Galaxy 2. Oh, yes, they talk in that, don't they? Well, they have text speech. Yeah. They don't talk, but yes. Um, you saved me. I was trying to save my friends, but then I got turned into an egg and trapped. I know. We should team up. Come on, hop on my back. And it's weird that, to think. Is that before or after that he just like does a 40 foot vertical jump and then like a forward <laughs> nut into the like oblivion? <laughs> it's, it's very strange to think that Yoshi can get trapped and turned into an egg. Yeah, I guess that, that's like Yoshi's like special tech. But how do you like it? Yeah. And um, yeah, it's like one of the reasons I want to talk about Yoshi today is just because. Um, they talked about Super Mario Wonder and the you know the lead up to that game is coming out now and um, as of time of recording it's not out yet but you know they've revealed that for the first time ever in like a 2D like traditional platformer it's like we get to play as Yoshi and that blew my mind when I like I was like he's such an iconic character to Mario as a whole yeah like when you said Yoshi is next, like there must have been like one game where it was playable. Like in sort of like, nope, Yoshi has never been playable ever. Not in like the traditional two D mm. platformers or anything yet. He's he's very much a power up and not a player character, which is wild to me. Like even like you know, cause like it's, what was it? The last one we had the three D ones where you could have like the little helper people, and rather than making them like you know a Yoshi or um, a Peach or Daisy. Or any mm-hmm. one of the other, like, you know, Mario jobbers. They made him, like, random toads. That that was very weird, yeah. In, like, like, why was that not a Yoshi? Or, like... the f- Just, I mean, eventually we got Toadette as one of them. Mm-hmm. But it was like, okay, but out of all of the characters, you went Mario, Luigi, Toad, Toad. Like, is that the the pantheon of Mario characters that's all you think yeah, to do is, is two like basic toads like, how do they not rip off and I know like Super Mario Bros two was tend like Doki Doki Panic or whatever it was reskinned but I always mm-hmm. enjoyed the gimmick they had in that of all the it was Toad Mario Luigi and Peach they all had the four different jumps run speeds and um, uh, throw distances yeah and unfortunately that is um. Not the case in Mario Wonder. It's kind of all been homogenized in the sense of you have the traditional characters of um, it's like Mario, Luigi, Daisy for the first time as well, mm-hmm. uh, Peach, and Toadette. I think are all like the traditional ones, and I think oh no, the two Toads as well. The two Toads are back plus Toadette um, as well. 
And then you also have like the easy mode kind of characters in the four Yoshis and Nabbit. And that means Yoshi can't turn into Elephant Yoshi, which is really upsetting. It's just weird how like they didn't stick to that. Cause I always love the idea that, you know, Mario runs faster, but Luigi can jump higher. It's, yeah, like, I really enjoy that. But I, I guess in terms of the way that they're doing it, of like, oh, well... We're having like online races with friends in this one, and we're having badge systems where you can like basically get like an extra power up depending on what you choose, like a charge jump or a parachute hat or whatever. But it's I don't like, see how make giving the characters different run and jump speeds would change that though if you balance them. Like just balance them around. And if they're not balanced, it's like, okay, there's one character that's the faster than all the other ones though. It still means I have more like, you know, I can enjoy the level a different way. Mm-hmm. There was stuff yeah. like, you know, like Motorstorm. Where they had the gimmick of you could have like have a motorcycle, although it's like a monster truck, and motorcycles mm-hmm. could take different paths to what the monster truck could. Yeah, they could easily do that. Like Luigi can jump higher, so we could take paths that Mario can't. Yeah, and it is a bit of a shame to me that yeah, you don't get like the the weird little slidey Luigi physics anymore or anything. But it's um, it's certainly going to be interesting to just see what what it's like when you've just got four Yoshi's dominating on screen. Well, they'll be unstoppable. Like, well, they literally will because they can take like fall damage and go through, um, you know, invisible, uh, not invisible, like infinite drops and stuff. They can be killed that way. But in terms of like getting hurt by a Goomba walking into them, they're invincible. Well, I think not- the only thing that could ever kill a Yoshi anyway was like falling into a deep ravine. And even then, I think Yoshis are fine. It just takes them a long time. There's to get just back a pile out. of Yoshis pissed off at the bottom. Yeah, of they could eventually time. get out. It just takes a long time. Yeah. Just flutter jumping the way out. Um, but Yoshi is a dinosaur-like character that acts as an ally of Mario and Luigi and is no, the wait, protagonist wait, wait. of his own franchise. Now you say dinosaur-like character and he lives on Dinosaur Island. He's not a dinosaur and he lives on Dinosaur Island. And that's where the common misconception comes in, I think, is that he lives on Dinosaur Island, but they themselves are not dinosaurs. They're Yoshis. They are specifically Yoshis, which are like dinosaurs, because I guess they just never wanted to commit to the fact that they're dinosaurs. Even though they live on Dinosaur Island. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it does specifically say in here that like, it does refer to this Yoshi as a he. Um, but obviously the Yoshis are just kind of like whatever the Yoshis are in general as a species. They're an entire species. But yeah, this is just talking about the one character. That's like a weird thing about like Mario lore, isn't it? Like, you have like Yoshi who is generally read as being male, but lays eggs. Mm. And like Birdo as well. But again, like, it's weird because it's not as if they're laying like fertilized eggs or anything. They're like, they're putting items into shells, Mm -hmm. which is very different from laying like birthing eggs. It's very strange. It's very strange. It's just a weird concept as a character as Yoshi. We don't know if he undergoes like pathogenesis. It's fine. <laughs> like many, many reptiles can undergo that to um, mm-hmm. play when they need to. Um, among members of the Yoshi species hailing from Yoshi's Island... I like it's his so island. Again, well, it, in Yoshi's Island, it is Yoshi's Island, yeah. but then in Super Mario World, they, they're in Dinosaur Island. What Maybe happened? they just like all took a big vacation. Yeah, every Yoshi at once went on a vacation <laughs> to Dinosaur Island. It's like, well, where are the dinosaurs? Well, there were dinosaurs here, then Yoshi's arrived, and now there's no dinosaurs. <laughs> Just the entire population of Dinosaur Island got eaten by Yoshis. I wouldn't be surprised. They can eat anything. And and then that became Yoshi Island. Yeah. That would make sense. It's yeah. like, 
in my head, I always think of that like the one shot from Smash Bros. Like when I think Yoshi, the character, I think when you're watching that Smash Bros. melee intro and you see the crowd <laughs> of a million Yoshis and then the one turns and goes, no, battle awaits. <laughs> that's me. That's the Yoshi. That's the one who goes to like Mario Kart and shit. Just the one well, Yoshi that- has the call to adventure. And we, we, when we play, we tend not to use items and final smashes and stuff. But I don't know if you remember that they put that melee intro as Yoshi's final smash. Yeah, in he just Ultimate. calls him the homies, the squad. And it's just the, the horde of Yoshis. Because I believe at beforehand, it was just a generic Yoshi grows wings and spits fire. Yeah, yeah. Because that was like the common um, uh, like final smash, wasn't it? Just like the character gets superpowered state for a few seconds. Yeah, and it's I don't know if that's a reference to anything actually specific. I don't recognize if it is, but I think you get Super yeah. Yoshi in one of the games. Mm. What are things um, are like? Um, there's nothing more satisfying in Smash Bros. than when you footstool with Mario as Yoshi. Is that like, how do you like it? <laughs> so when Yoshi just looks down with like puts his little galoshes on. There's I little, think there's little rain boots. I think it is. I think it might be like Super Smash Bros. Four had that intro. But one of them, well, I know one of them has a cutscene in it where, like, you see Yoshi jump and footstool Mario, and he's like, "Wow!" And he loves it. And Yoshi's just like, like, "That's what you get." So he gets the Akuma pose and everything, doesn't it? It's like <laughs> yeah. he does a little like raging demon at the end, like, he flexes on you. Little rubbery Yoshi. Uh, any Yoshi may be identified as the Yoshi character, and as such, not all iterations of the character are necessarily the same one. According to the Super Mario World manual, he got his name from Yoshi's Island because he was discovered there first. In the Super Mario series, he often rides as a rideable character for the heroes, while in most of the spin-off games, he is a playable character on his own. And they've taken it to the apex, because I mentioned like mm-hmm. Elephant Mario, and just watching Yoshi just carry that burden of Elephant Mario, like, it's going to be okay. Well, that's the thing, it's like, how strong? Is Yoshi. Because he's pretty tough. You know, like just the fact that he's able to eat near enough any enemy in the Mario universe. Well, and he can have an elephant man jump on his back, land on it, and then kind of the only real change in his demeanor is he like looks a little bit more tired and squats a little bit further. But he can still maintain a full sprint. Yeah. It was like, you can know, like, still was sprint it? with while an elephant is riding on him. Like in Mario Sunshine, where he gets like, oh, the new ability, like the acid spit, like an alien. Oh, yeah. And he can just like yeah. melt things by spitting up on them. <laughs> but then you can spin around and vomit in every conceivable direction at once and just become like the Team America puppet moment. Where it's like acidic vomit. Yeah. And I guess like the way that it's portrayed in that game is like, Oh no, it's juice that melts the paint away. And it's like, no, it's acid yeah. spit. Don't you lie to me. So let's not forget the first time I saw you play that game and you got a Yoshi and you pressed the tongue button and the tongue was like 40 feet and just steals <laughs> all this guy's fruit at the same time. It's like, um. You can do like the fucking gum gum whip and just like, just take the entire man's just fruit all in one go, just whip across the entire thing with yeah, his, and his hunger tongue. And he's satiated. And then as he runs away, he just spits acid at his face. Yoshi! I love Yoshi's voice lines. They're so good. He just loves being uh, there. He just loves violence. And 
Yoshi's defining traits, despite acid spit, include his cutesy appearance, his cheerful and friendly personality, his flutter jumping and egg laying abilities, his ride ability as a steed, and exclaiming his own name. Well, that's just like common for like a lot of creatures in that universe, isn't it? It's a very Nintendo esque thing. You just, you know, I know it's Game Freak and Nintendo, but like Pokemon, of mm-hmm. just all the Pokemon are just like saying their own names apart from like fucking Meowth. And Staryu. This Staryu is like some people bring up, isn't it? Staryu's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is like a it's, man. It's meant to be like, hu, 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 like you, saying like the you part, Staryu. Yeah. But yeah, it does kind of just sound like they're trying to do like a little mini Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Power Rangers impression. And then you've obviously like, everyone's going to be screaming about Cricketune, which is just nightmarish. I don't remember the Cricketune. The Cricketune one is nightmarish. It's like forty-five okay. seconds long. <laughs> oh god. Um, and then we can get on to just a bit of creation and development. Yeah, so like to know this because isn't like the voice actor for Yoshi just like some. There's someone important in the company, right? But they just do the voice of Yoshi as well, is it? Um, I can't remember if it is um, Tezuka who co-created Mario Bros. I can't remember if they voiced Yoshi, but I might be making that up. Yes, I, know I guess like, we can try and go through and find out. Yes, I know it's like with like characters like King DDD is voiced by Sakurai, so the director of Smash Bros. just voices like um, King DDD. So when you're playing oh, a DD, it, it's going, oh, 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 that's Sakurai. It's like, that's the noise he'd make when he played him. Is it maybe uh, Tataka, the composer? I, I can't remember. It... But anyway. Um, yeah. Shigeru Miyamoto stated in interviews that he wanted Mario to ride a horse after the completion of Super Mario Bros. However, technical limitations on the NES kept this from being possible. The development of the Super Famicom an animal partner for Mario could be added. The character of Yoshi was specifically created by Shigafumi Hino, a graphics designer, with the help of Takashi Tezuka. See, now I want you to now imagine Yoshi's flutter jump on a horse. Imagine a horse, like, Joe, arcing his back all the way back and all four of his legs going. That'd be terrifying. Uh, Like, you know, I don't like horse racing, but... I might be tempted to watch it if, like, the celebration of the horses was just a giant flutter jump as the jockey just, like, terrifyingly tries to hang on. Oh, man, it's like that one time I was playing Red Dead and, my like, my horse just got hit by a train and it just starfished into the atmosphere. And I just looked and went, I'm not getting that back. So I just looked and went, I'm not getting that thing back. It's, it's gone. Hot Sauce 3 is gone. Time to get Hot Sauce 4. I know you've mentioned it in the past, but like I was watching like a short we put out recently of you talking about like Red Dead mm-hmm. Two with your horse drifting. And I like, didn't realize when you said horse drifting, it is like literal horse drifting. No, oh, yeah. Like I thought you were exaggerating for effect, and it's like a look at a clip, and it's like, oh wow. Yeah, okay. you can like proper horse drift in that game. And what I'd do is like me and my friend would play like the online mode, and we're getting pelts. And he used to kept he's one of those dickheads who tried to like like cool looking screenshots. So he'd like pose his character at the edge of a cliff like that with his hat and his pelt and I'd just like fucking like side whip my horse into the back end of him, knock him off the edge of a cliff <laughs> and just push his horse off after him. Oh no. There you go. Oh. Um, 
Okay, yeah, so it, it touches upon it here. Since Super Mario World was supposed to take place in Dinosaur Land, um, not Island, Dinosaur Land, Hino initially designed a reptile similar to a large lizard. Mm-hmm. Since the initial design felt out of place, Tezuka redesigned him by making a rough sketch and then Hino, that then Hino polished. Uh, during the redesign, Tezuka tried to make Yoshi uh, related to the Turtle Tribe with the saddle actually being his shell. So I presume the turtle tribe would be like the Coopers. Yeah. Um, and then Katabe had previously sketched a chameleon that would eat by sticking out its tongue and suggests that drawing may have helped inspire the concept of Yoshi. And obviously there's that early concept sketch of uh, Yoshi where like you can see Mario like punching Yoshi in the back of the head to make it use the tongue. Yeah. Like, um, like a, a rider the- would use the crop to um, encourage the horse to move. Yeah, there is still, like, debate of whether, like, oh, did you know, actually, Mario just, like, fucking punches Yoshi in the back of the head. It's a, It does look a lot more like he's just pointing forward. Yeah. It's like, to me, it's Yoshi fucking loves it. <laughs> what, he loves getting beaten over no, the head? it's that Yoshi loves murder, but his murder yes. of rage needs to be, ha- like, harnessed and focused <laughs> in a given direction, which is where Mario comes in. Mm-hmm. That's my reading of it, anyway. Um... So we have stuff here about like physical description and traits, but I guess I, it I does say like, here speech. Yeah, I wonder like how dense Yoshi is because I bet it weighs a ton. I bet if you looked it up, it like Yoshi weighs like four hundred and fifty pounds or something stupid like that. I mean, yeah, I can give dense. a quick check for weight, but as far as I can see here, it doesn't look like it's talking about. Like, it looks more like just physical appearance. Yeah. Well, what's but, its skin uh, then? Is it describes makes it looks like Yoshi's so smooth? I wonder. If it does say. Um, so it says Yoshi, like all the Yoshis, is a dinosaur-like character with a large round nose, a row of orange spines across his head, orange shoes, and a saddle-shaped shell on his back, uh, which is used by Mario and company when ridden on. His design is more... His initial design is more dinosaur-like with a narrower, longer, more hunched appearance mm-hmm. and short arms. Uh, he is also noticeably taller than Mario. And then beginning with Yoshi's Island and Mario Kart 64, his build has been adjusted to be more anthropomorphic with a more upright posture, longer arms, bigger head, stouter build, although he's still taller than Mario compared to Luigi's height. Yeah, and that's the thing is all like he's got shoes. Who's making the eight million Yoshi shoes? But they're born with shoes. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a Cubone thing. thing, isn't it? Like a Kangaskhan, where you can get a baby Kangaskhan that already has a baby Kangaskhan with it. Mm. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, where are these babies breeding babies from? Um, and it doesn't say here um, anything about, like, the. Oh, okay. It, it, well, speaking of shoes, it doesn't say anything so far about their skin. Okay. Um, yeah, it says they don't wear clothes. But yeah, there's nothing about, like, the texture of their skin or anything. But it does say. Yoshi is always seen wearing his orange shoes, although in Super Mario Story Quiz Picture Book 5, Mario's Amusement Park, um, a book published by uh, Shogakukan, There's always and written like in a, collaboration a with Nintendo. That, official that has something weird in it. <laughs> yeah, it was revealed that he has green feet with three toes and a single white pad on each of them, which means maybe Yoshi has little beans. They could have little toe beans, yeah. 
they might have little toe beans. Or it could have like weird, creepy human feet like Kirby. No, it says it says just like three little roundish toes okay. with white pad on them. So it is definitely more animalistic in design. Um and yeah, we'll just get on to speech to see if it does talk about the um like the characters voice actor. Yeah, he's, he's like Yoshi sentient. He's Yoshi sentient. It's I'm like, pretty sure Yoshi classes sentient. He's like, yeah, because I wanted to know that I'm not sacrificing it for any reason other than it's funny. I needed to know <laughs> that I don't care. I thought you like, oh, I feel bad. I want them to not know I'm no, murdering no, their entire species. I very explicitly do not feel bad about doing it. I was, I was sacrificing it for air. I would sacrifice uh, any number of Yoshis to gain an extra one foot on my jump. Um, so, so prior to the N- SNES version of Yoshi's Cookie and later Yoshi's Story, uh, with the last game being Mario Party 3, mm-hmm. Yoshi's Speech was a sound effect consisting of two pitch-bent orchestra hits. Although it has been largely retired to some extent for Yoshi's current appearances, it does appear to a certain extent in Yoshi's Island Super Mario Advance 3, which is the Game Boy Advance version of Super Mario World all, 2, yeah, Yoshi's Island. It's like those Mario Advance games, they fuck up the order of that so weirdly. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, we all know what Yoshi's like. Yoshi, Yoshi. It's great. Um, and that's when Yoshi finds baby Mario, but then also it's used in Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes, as well as Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater 3D. Oh, on the 3DS? Uh, on the 3DS, yeah. And the yeah. GameCube, yeah. So I guess they must have had like Easter eggs in there. So they did have like what? The Ape Escape they monkeys little... turned up in one of the episodes, right? In Metal Gear Solid 3, there was the Ape Escape catching monkey game, but in the Twin Snakes and presumably Snake Eater 3D did the same thing. Mm-hmm. They had little uh, Yoshi statues that were like findable on desks and stuff. And oh, you could shoot instead them. of the, um, uh, the Keratin frogs, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um... Ah, here we go. So yeah, Yoshi's voice actor, Kazumi Tataka, which is the composer I was talking about earlier, uh, also provides him with various grunts and yells, though almost none of them are actual words. The only known instances that Yoshi was shown to speak in the Super Mario games are in Super Mario World, when Mario is introduced to him, and then to a lesser extent the message box at the house, and then Super Mario Galaxy 2, which the quote is from earlier. Yep. Uh, then also Super Mario RPG, which has him acting as a various translator of different Yoshis. So, yeah, there was, like, the Yoshi that would then translate all the other Yoshis. The King Yoshi. It's like, what is going on? What are the hierarchies in Yoshi world? How do I become King Yoshi? (laughs) He's Fat Yoshi and then all of the others. That's what I imagine. Just the big Fat Yoshi. The one from the meme image. The King. That one that, like, people keep upscaling to, like, 4K. yeah. I imagine it's um is some little Namekians where it's just like super Kamiguru and that's it. And yeah. then there's just Namekians underneath it. I, I know that's that that's not how it works. There's like the village leaders and stuff, but just no. Yeah. The guru. So why didn't the guru yeah, I... unlock everyone's potential? Because <laughs> I love the fact that that's like the bullshit that they come up with. And they do in, it to like, go four times. I guess you know story spoilers for uh, Dragon Ball Super Superhero the movie mm-hmm. um, I'll give people a second but it's just like when they go well it's a bit kind of bullshit because Gohan got a power up on Namek and like Krillin got a 
unlock potential on Namek, but nobody else did. Is is that a, a way to like cheat everybody else getting a power up? Yep. And then it's like, oh, okay, Piccolo is just gonna ask the dragon to just give him a a guru potential unlock. See what he should. Like, oh no, that that way it's still it's still Piccolo's power. It's like no, he he literally just said, dragon, give me a power up. The thing is that if he was smart, he'd have asked for the power to do that himself. <laughs> then he could have just done it to everybody else. So if, if Piccolo was really smart, he said, "Give me the ability of the, the Namekia, native Namekians to unlock someone's potential, and then just go around and do it to everybody on Earth. <laughs> just every human." Yeah. And it it really frustrates me because, yeah, I know that there's some bullshit ways that people have powered up, especially like randomly off screen Vegeta, mm-hmm. but it's like. The idea that now they've set up that you can just like get the Dragon Balls in five minutes and wish for a power up. It's yeah. like, come on. Oh dear. And <laughs> so you've got I powerful, like, you know, the old the old fashioned way, Yoshi. Through sheer toil. Yeah. I was gonna say, I guess to end on we could just go through the powers and abilities. The one, like, Yoshi's Yoshi. potential is already unleashed because he's like from <laughs> from moment one. I just think Yoshi can be born and within one second have a confirmed kill. Yep. Uh, right out of the egg. Yoshi has a long tongue that he can use to eat almost anything. Eat things much, even things much longer, larger than himself. Yoshi can transform any enemies and objects he eats into eggs, which is terrifying. Yep. And he can then use his projectile weapons. Just like, like coming up in a fight against somebody you know, like you you know you get a weapon out or yeah you're starting to like throw hands and then next thing you know you're just an egg and then they throw you back at your like best friend was it the only like real way to stop it is to hit yoshi from behind which makes you think if mario just stuck four yoshis together all fake job <laughs> one that way one that way one up one down and then suspended them in midair with, like you know one of the um uh the the tanuki tail so we're making a Spartan like walking tank. No, just, mode. A, just a Yoshi ball. Just a Yoshi ball in all directions at once. Oh, it's like um, I can't remember what movie it was, but I've seen a clip of like a Bollywood movie where these like Terminator ripoff yeah, cyborgs yeah, come together in like a giant ball of machine guns. Yeah. And That's what you could do Yoshi, but it'd be tongues. You could. It'd be wet. They'd just be tongues coming out every it'd direction. Be so moist. And then acid. And then on the inside as well. They'd just be like eggs coming in. Yeah. And then that's infinite ammo. They're just constant eggs. Infinite protein. <laughs> no, just throw um, that into like center of the universe and see what happens. Oh, this is interesting. Uh so it's like it says here that like, oh Yoshi can transform things that he eats into other objects. Um, for example, in Super Mario World, when he eats an enemy, one coin is added to Mario's coin total, implying that he just like turns things into coins. If so, he wants, yeah, the Philosopher's Stone exists, and it's just apparently the Philosopher's <laughs> is Yoshi's kidney stone. Um, Yoshi can also transform berries into eggs. However, instead of using those projectiles, these eggs break apart and reveal items, including super mushrooms and Yoshi clouds that drop bonus coins. So yeah, Yoshi can seemingly just—he's more useful than Mario. If I do what he wants, the only character who's potentially stronger is like Mario with a fire flower or superstar. Like Yoshi mm-hmm. on his own, like base form, one second out of the egg. Yoshi is one of the <laughs> potentially most powerful things in that entire universe. Mm-hmm. 
Like, Mario needs items and power-ups to compete with Yoshi's power. And Yoshi's just, like, moment born, like, I can do it. And it's like the uh, the whole invincibility thing in Super Mario Bros. Wonder. It's like, if you think about it, well, in Yoshi's um, Yoshi's Island Super Mario World 2, or swap it around if you want, uh, like, the, the damage dealt is to Mario. Like, baby Mario gets knocked off of Yoshi, yeah. and then you have a timer to go find... Mario, yep. Yoshi is invincible still. It's like, yeah, they're so powerful. They're so resilient. Um, it's why in my like my head kind of is like Mario's like he's not going to kill him. <laughs> That's why Mario's so blasé about it all. Yeah, because he knows he's going to come back. He always does. Uh, now, despite his egg laying abilities, Yoshi is considered male in most regions. However. Shigeru Miyamoto has gone on record and stated that he is not sure if Yoshi is male or female. It could be that Yoshi does not have an assigned gender, and uh, as the original Japanese does not use gender pronouns, however, on several occasions that he has dialogue, such as his rescue in Super Mario World, and the story mode of Mario Party 3, he uses the masculine pronoun Boku in the Japanese You know what, we stan our non-binary dinosaur icon. Let's go. Fuck yeah. Yoshi can be whatever Yoshi wants to be. That's the one. Like, you can already pick what colour you're going to be. Yeah, true. Oh, God. Imagine a world with pronouns, Carl. I know. Imagine pronouns in a video game. Imagine that being a female <laughs> upset shit. Be incredible. Yoshi is very proficient with jumping and ground-pounding abilities. Hey. Rivaling the capabilities of the world-renowned jumper Mario... However, Mario's like, Mario... you know, we, we take it for granted how much that man can jump, but he's like a five <laughs> foot tall, like overweight Italian guy who can jump 30 times his own height. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. It really like, is. He can go from a standing position in workman's boots and coveralls to a thir- like 13 backflips. <laughs> uh, Yoshi's jump attacks are much more powerful than Mario's normal jump attacks. Yoshi can destroy most enemies in one hit, and I do find it terrifying when you've got a Yoshi... Because when you jump on an enemy in Mario, like you jump off them and yeah. they kind of like bounce off screen or whatever, or Koopas go into the shells, and then Yoshi jumps on things and just obliterates it. It yeah. just turns into little stars and it's dead. It's just it's the boots. It's yeah. those ten ton boots. Those he's got lead in those shoes, man. Oh, uh, um. As such, Yoshi's jump has the same power as Mario's special spin jump technique. And Yoshi is also proficient in the use of the flutter jump technique, allowing him to jump with great horizontal distance. And he is also create, capable of creating shockwaves with his ground pound. So, is that what Luigi does then, to like a lesser degree? Uh, that's essentially the canon, is that Yoshi's basically taught Luigi the flutter jump they, as much as he is able to use it. And they never taught Mario how to do it. Because you know what? He, <laughs> he, he keeps like drop-kicking our kin into big holes. His brother is all right. We'll teach his brother how to do a super jump, or not him. But it, it seems like it, and yeah, just Luigi has you know the unlocked potential. They haven't used it on Mario yeah. yet. They're just waiting for that day when Orange Mario is going to come out. Of the Can you imagine? We've got Elephant Mario. We have, and Yoshi is still strong enough to keep that Elephant Mario going. That's all he needs. I said Yoshi is unstoppable, and I love him. Canonically, basically, just yeah, this invincible, unstoppable monster. Yeah. 
that canonically there's just hundreds or thousands of no, them. Let's be like millions. There are millions <laughs> of those things. They just don't want you to know yeah. how many there are. If you knew there was a million of these things, you'd be terrified. Is that just what you that stampede. Nothing. They eat each other. I'm telling you, if that stampede that happened in Lion King and it was just Yoshi, Simba wouldn't have made it out. No, there wouldn't be no Simba. <laughs> there, wouldn't be, there wouldn't be no, like, Serengeti. <laughs> it's like the whole, you know, like the Shadowlands? Yeah. That, that would have be just been Africa. everywhere. <laughs> everywhere turns to the Shadowlands. Like, no, don't forget, like, when you're in, like, Mario Sunshine, like, they, like, report a Yoshi egg being on the island like it's, like, a cholera outbreak. Of like, there was I mean, a, there's been a Yoshi egg well spotter. There's a Yoshi egg spotting. Like, why is that so terrifying? Because Yoshis <laughs> can eat anything and spit acid and have got a completely unending voracious appetites and are wholly immune to like, any sort of damage. And also, seemingly nearly always, just, uh, you know, come alongside a Mario who becomes a homicidal maniac. Yeah. So, right, yeah. So okay. imagine, like, can... you know, you're walking out the street with your wife. Like, you know, you're holding hands, and then, like, do you know that scene in, like, The Boys, where he his girlfriend gets obliterated? Imagine that. But instead of, like, just a train, like, you know, elbow dropping at a thousand miles an hour, you just a Yoshi runs past, like, yum, and that's it. He misses, he's gone. <laughs> it's like, one second, all, she's there. All that's left in the place is just an egg coming straight back at yeah, you. Yeah, it's like, one second, she's there. Next second, yum, gone. Oh, dear God. Yeah, thank you everyone for joining us. And that was just a brief glimpse into the wild world of Yoshi. Let us know. Make it canon. Yeah. Let us know as well which wiki won this week. Oh, Yoshi. I mean, it, it's not. I think we had a good discussion for both. We did, but I, I, I just, like, I'm really liking the image of just like a Yoshi. Like, Yum. <laughs> Life gone. <laughs> like, imagine, like, you're taking, imagine you were taking K for a walk and K disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> like just oh, the last God. thing you see is just Cage going like flying into the ocean. You're like, no, he's gone. That's we talk about a lot of terrifying things on here. It's like you know, a lot of the time we mention like eighties pop culture and so. Yeah. A xenomorph has got no chance. A xenomorph will get his fucking shit wrecked by a Yoshi. Just get eaten. Yeah, be immediately gone. Game over, man. Game over. Is <laughs> that like instant? There's like. Any like cute ways to say like Yoshi can eat anything. The only reason yeah. he doesn't eat Mario is because like you know it respects his power. Probably don't <laughs> like the taste of denim. Anyway, yes. Thank you once again. I hope everyone has a lovely day. Yes. Cheers, Roddy. <laughs>